You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to our crossover conversation with the hosts of the Locked on Texans. We are here with Cody and John. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland of the Locked on Titans podcast. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, doing great. I hope everybody has had a very Merry Christmas. And of course, we want you guys to have a happy new year. John, some sports guy here with you just getting back from Denver. How are you doing, Cody? I'm doing well, man. Doing very, very good. I um, had a really fun Christmas, and um, I hope. How was your Christmas, by the way? Uh, my Christmas was great. Uh, very relaxed, which is which is a nice change for once. So I uh, didn't have you know a whole lot of long distance traveling, a lot of local traveling, and things like that. But all the destinations seem to be very relaxed, and that's all I can ask for with a very stressful football game coming up this weekend. <laughs> Well, at least stressful stressful. for my side. You know what I mean? You guys seem to be in an okay space. Well, I'll say this. It is a very stressful Sunday for a lot of teams. You guys, the Steelers, Mm -hmm. Oakland has a chance, you know. uh, So many different scenarios, and that's just for the guys that want to get in. Now, we've solidified our spot here in Houston but there is a chance that we could get the third seed move up from four, which will help us out in determining who we'll play. So Sunday is it's the Sunday is big for teams that are in the Chase Young run, right? Yeah. You don't want to lose your positioning. Uh, I think after the Bengals go Joe Burrow, the Giants are in the mix. You can look at the Dolphins or the Redskins. The yeah. Redskins are in the mix. I think they desperately need to add to that young defensive line with Absolutely. Payne and Allen. So there's a lot of implications on Sunday. But in the AFC South, with here in Houston, you know, the Tennessee Titans, the Titans desperately want to get in. And Absolutely. I would rather see the Titans get in right now because, listen, Tannehill has been balling, playing his ass off, and I don't think nobody else really deserves a shot outside of this Tennessee Titan teams uh, team. Who for the last couple of years, how many times are we saying at the end of the year, week seventeen, week sixteen, well they have a shot to get in? Well, that's I what nine and seven, four years in a row, will get you. Here's my question for you guys, though, because I, I kind of want to hit on on that. You're talking about, you know, you want to see the Titans in, and I agree from just a football-watching perspective. I said that on my show. I'm not certain how anybody could feel different, but from your guys' perspective, like you said, there's a lot to play for on Sunday. The Texans could move up to the third seed, which would give them home field advantage over the Chiefs, who are a very good team. Here's a, a question for you guys. Since you're in the playoffs, this game really doesn't matter too much to you guys, and that's kind of what I want to figure out. Uh, Cody, John, both of you can take you know turns answering this question. Do you care if the Chiefs win? Like if the Chiefs happen to lose and you can get the third seed, would you rather rest your guys that are beat up, your important guys that are beat up, and just you know get in the playoffs? Who cares about four or three? You don't get a bye, you you know anything like that. Or if the Chiefs lose, do you want them to put the starters out there and try to get that third seed? How do you guys feel about that? 
Win or lose, I do not want to see our starters out there on the field. And I only say that due to the fact that you know the history of the Houston Texans. This has been a team that has been bothered by injuries for years and years and years. You saw it last Saturday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Deshaun Watson was grabbing at the back of his his ankle. We don't know if it was a killing injuries or, or, was, or was it a ankle injury. This should be a week, win or lose. It doesn't matter what goes on in Kansas City game in the Kansas City game. Bill O'Brien should rest all of his starters, especially JJ Watt. Now you you heard the news that Watt is coming back. He's back. I would say maybe not too much rest him. Let him get a couple rest so he can rep so he can get you know his win back out on the field. But this is a game. You know, win or lose, we're not going to get the bye, so that really doesn't matter. Like what? It's it's like to me it's kind of like a huge risk if you go out there and have Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills, um, Laramie Tunsil, um, even even guys on the defensive side of the balls like 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 a like a Jonathan Joseph, a guy who at his age can really use some rest. You know, I just feel like in order for the Texans, and we know how important it is for them to advance to the next round finally after I don't know how many years this should be a this should be a game you sit those guys down and just do not worry about a win or a loss because at the end of the day you're not going to get the you're not going to get the first round by and you know what difference does it make if you're the third seed or the fourth seed I mean you, at the end of the day you, you're still going to have a tough playoff matchup yeah, Tyler, I'm I'm definitely on the other side of that simply because the Houston Texans, especially this year, are notorious for having issues with getting into rhythm. Uh, and we know there's already been, you know, they came out the reports, J.J. Watt, he won't play, that they're going to take him off slowly but surely and get him prepared for the playoffs. So he's designated and brought back specifically for the playoffs. But we've had issues with Watson getting into rhythm in offense. We've had issues with the defense solidifying themselves early on. I don't want to see this team who has, you know, throughout the entire course of this year, came into games rusty, even with coming off a high big win of the previous week. Coming into games lackadaisical, lethargic, and rusty. I don't want to see that for the playoffs. So. To keep them warm, to keep the juices flowing, at least for the first half. If the game is already out of put or, you know, if it doesn't matter what happens regardless, then, okay, go ahead and start pulling starters. Get Watson out. Use A.J. McCarron. Go ahead and start using some of your backup receivers. That way you'll know if something happens uh, in the playoffs where a receiver goes down or Will Fuller, who we, we still don't know about, what he's going to be able to do, if he's going to be able to play, then that way you'll have a little bit more trust out with some of the guys on the field when they're not out there with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I personally think that there should be some playing time regardless of what happens Sunday. Yeah, I, I definitely understand where you guys are at there. It's a, it's a tough decision that the coaches have to make. Uh, I understand both sides of it. I'm, I'm kind of taking a look at the injury report here. You know, some of the guys you mentioned, Tunsil, Stills, Watson, Hopkins, Bradley Roby, uh, some of those guys out there. Is there anybody, 
I know you guys feel differently on the situation, but is there anybody you agree on that should sit the entire game because they're too banged up, or is it anybody who's ready to go should should get a couple of snaps or or none if you feel like Cody feels? Well, if there if there would be any person to get some rest, and I mean any type of rest, then it should be J. Joe. When we played you guys a couple weeks ago, we saw what A.J. Brown was able to do, right? Like completely blow past him for a big catch. Yep. J. Joe would be one of the guys that I would rest. But Nardrick McKinney coming off concussion protocol, he's expected to play. I think that if he's not going to be completely ruled out of the game just for caution reasons, then I think he should only play a few snaps. That's what I'm looking at and just giving some guys the time to play. But I think Jonathan Joseph is the one lock that should just miss the entire game and get rest. Yeah, yeah, that I mean, that makes sense. Well, one thing that we, I guess, talked about just a second ago before we jumped on the air is the possibility and how it would shake out for the Titans to play the Texans again in the first round of the playoffs. It would take four separate losses, the Titans losing, the Chiefs losing, the Steelers losing, and the Colts losing. Uh, How would you guys feel? Uh, Would you feel confident if you had to play the Titans in week three, beating them twice, or would you be worried about that? It's hard to beat a team three times rule. Or how confident would you feel or not confident would you feel if the Titans and Texans matched up again at the beginning of the playoffs? I think it really depends on – which version of the teams we're getting. Now, despite the last two losses in a row, the Titans have to the Houston Texans and the Saints, which for a minute there, I thought they was going to pull that game out against the Saints. Both teams played phenomenal. I think it really depends on which version of the team you get. If you're going to get the team that the Houston Texans were when they played the Patriots, when they played the Chiefs, when they played Atlanta, then no, I'm not worried. However, that has not been the case as much as the Texans just playing bad teams and being a little bit better than those bad teams, like the two Jacksonville games, like right. the San Diego game, which was still a phenomenal game on the offensive part. However, it just wasn't as explosive. What I'm getting at is I would rather not play the Tennessee Titans. They have a formula that can beat us. I'm going into this game Sunday. I think the Titans win this game. Derrick Henry's going to be back. He's ready to play. Ryan Tannehill, despite the last two losses, he's been playing phenomenal still. And we know how our 28-ranked passing defense is set up. It's not good. Tannehill has been finding so much success with these young receivers. And two games in a row, we have to play Week 17. And then again in the playoffs, I don't trust that defense even with the extra time, even with yeah. the scouting report, even with everything that comes with it to stop this Titans team back-to-back weeks. Well, I understand completely where you're coming from there, and and that leads me into kind of my last question for you guys for, for this part of our conversation. Cody, just wondering – the way things are expected to shake out, I know we're talking about if they were to play again, that's definitely the more unlikely scenario. But the way the most likely scenario here is that the Titans find a way to win against, you know, maybe a, a patch together Texans lineup. And then the Texans will end up securing the four seed and the Bills are locked in at the five seed. I guess we may not get a chance to talk to you guys again. Hopefully we do in a in a playoff matchup down the road. But if things shake out as expected, how do you feel, Cody, about your matchup against the Buffalo Bills in, in the opening round of uh, Wild Card Weekend? 
Um, well, once again, it, it just goes back to what version of the Houston Texans that we're getting, because it's really just been a Jacqueline Hyde situation when you talk about the Houston Texans in 2019. If you look at the, if, if, if we get the Texans that play well against the New England Patriots, against the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and even against the New Orleans Saints, despite the loss, then I'll feel comfortable with the Texans chances of playing against anybody, rather it be the Bills, rather they be you guys, or I would say everyone except for, for Baltimore Ravens. That's a whole other different type of monster right there. But it, it it just all depends on what version of the Houston Texans that we are getting. And, you know, at, at, and at, this stage of the, at, at this stage of the season, we still don't know. I will say this, Tyler. The Buffalo Bills would be – maybe an even more difficult matchup than the Tennessee Titans because how tremendous that defense is playing. Mm-hmm. Trendavious White, the front seven for the Buffalo Bills, Ed Oliver, who's they, they're they using him slowly but surely, bringing him on throughout the year. And as of late, he's just been dominant. That Buffalo Bills defense has really won them games. Very similar to the defense of the Patriots. Not as maybe shiny. They don't have a Stephen Gilmore, uh, but I ain't. I understand. It, but they're getting stops, and they're allowing their young quarterback, Josh Allen, to not necessarily lose them games. And there's been times where he's played better than I would have expected. Close to spectacular. The way they run the ball, the way they stop teams, get them off the field with their defense, and the way that they strategize around Josh Allen to make plays whenever he needs to make plays, like that big throw against the Patriots. You know, if they, Sean McDermott should really be in conversation for Coach of the Year. I think it's far gone that it's going to be Shanahan or Harbaugh. I get it. And I even believe that with playing with three quarterbacks in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin should really have his name in the hat. But we should not overlook what Sean McDermott has done with a, I would say, old backfield and really centering his quarterback around what they want him to do, allowing his quarterback to use his talents, which he's been doing his entire life. Sean McDermott has his team in the playoffs. It's the best Bills team we have seen since they ran Houston off after being down 35-3. Yep. They're a very good football team. Yeah. And that would be a scary play. And if you get Josh Allen on a day when he's consistently making throws, they're they're pretty difficult to beat with the athleticism he brings and then the talent on the defensive side of the ball. So I understand your concerns going against Buffalo. Well, that kind of is going to wrap up this portion of the segment where I'm asking John and Cody questions about the Texans. This is a crossover event here on a holiday week with Locked On Titans and Locked On Texans. We are going to jump into the second part of our conversation where those guys are asking me some questions about the Titans. So we will get you on the other side. Well, we hope everybody had a great Christmas. Happy holidays with your family. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to another EP of Locked On Texans, Locked On Titans. We do the crossover show the second time in three weeks. (laughs) We had to play the Titans go win. Had the craziest game versus the Buccaneers, which is probably the worst exciting game or the ex- the most exciting worst game I've ever seen in a long time. <laughs> Jameis Winston has that effect on things. Yeah, and I was I was mesmerized. I was hooked. I could not move away from the TV, especially in the first half. The second half was pretty much like very boring. However, we definitely want to let you guys know about breaking tea. 
And now, if you're still looking for last-minute fun sports gifts for the holidays, go to BreakingTea.com backslash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to BreakingTea.com backslash locked on, and then feel free to search the website for great shirts and fun sports gifts. Maybe too late now, but however, the new year's is around the corner. And if you know a Dallas Cowboys fan, you may want to give them a little bit something extra. Or whatever they do with Don in Dallas. Help them out. Give them something to cheer for. Now, Tyler, going into Sunday's game, very important game. A lot on the line. But what I want to ask you about is what's even more on the line for the future, and that's Ryan Tannehill and the future of the relationship with the Titans. Now, if he goes into this game and he balls out, gets them to the playoffs, what was that? I'm sorry. What would that say about his expected future with this team? I I think that'll just put a stamp on what's already been an incredibly impressive performance. So here's the thing: even when the Titans lost two games in a row to the Texans and the Saints after that, you know, hot streak, it wasn't because Tannehill regressed and started playing bad all of a sudden. It's because the defense isn't holding up their end of the bargain all of a sudden. So. Ryan Tannehill is the reason that we've been in a lot of these games. I mean, we were beating the Saints, like you guys mentioned, and we were putting up a really good fight against the Saints team that, in my opinion, is a tier above the Titans, no matter what happens this weekend. If the Titans make it to the playoffs, beat the Chiefs, whatever, the Saints are a tier above what kind of team the Titans are because of the talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they have, like, Hall of Fame talent right now. So the Titans were hanging in there without Derrick Henry, who's the foundation of the entire team. And it was because Tannehill was just making plays. Some of it was off script. Uh, A couple touchdowns to Tajay Sharp. Primary read was taken over. Tannehill just bought a little bit of time and then found a guy in the end zone. Just he's making plays. He's really playing incredible. And I think at first I was a little worried whether it was real or not, or if he was just catching a hot streak, but it seems like he just has a really good handle on this offense and he feels comfortable with this team and he's in a good spot in terms of the environment he's in, in the community and within the building. And I, I kind of believe that he can maintain a good enough level to keep this going for a few years, at least, uh, you know, we could consider drafting a quarterback after next season when there's a pretty talented crop there. But I, I like, I kind of have been thinking the last few weeks, I'm expecting a two to three year extension for Tannehill about 23 to $26 million a year. And at this point he's earned it. Now, if he comes out and plays absolutely terrible against the Texans JV team and the Titans can't make the playoffs, then we're going to have flashbacks to Blaine Gabber, and then that might drop the the years or drop the value a little bit just because it'll sting so bad. But uh, if things go according to plan and the Titans can beat a, you know, kind of a resting Texans team and make the playoffs, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, I think he's stamped uh, his performance and, and earned the contract that he's going to get from this team. Well, there's one guy I know that's going to be a part of your future for a long time, and that guy is Derrick Henry. Now, he as 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 you mentioned, he did not play against the New Orleans Saints, but um, you know, looking back at the last um five games, four of the last five games, he has ran for over a hundred yards. So, can you just provide us with an update? You know, I, we we all know that he's going to be playing on Sunday in Houston, which I think they gave him that extra rest so he can be fresh 
in Houston for this final game of the season. But can you just provide us with an update on what or what we can expect from Derrick Henry? Because we know he's not going to be 100%. But what kind of problems can he still create for a Houston Texans defense who, like we mentioned, might be resting? Well, here's what I will say. The last time the Texans and the Titans played, Derrick Henry rushed for 86 yards, and there was one play where he broke loose, and it was obvious, at least to me from watching you know, every game multiple times this year, it was obvious to me that he wasn't running anywhere close to full speed. And all I can say is he ran for 86 yards, and he's healthier now than he was during that game. So I'm expecting a big performance out of Derrick Henry. And he's one of those guys, man, he loves to ball. And I think those are your favorite players, as most fans, you know, tend to find themselves gravitating to people who just love playing football. And you can tell. And Derrick Henry is one of those guys. You literally got to drag him off the field. I think you could see in his facial expression last week on the bench, he's just dejected and feels like he's letting down his brothers. When he doesn't play, even though it was a team decision, you could still see how dejected he was. And I think he's going to come out with his hair on fire. Hopefully not literally, because I like his hair. But uh, I think he's going <laughs> to come out and just play really well, uh, put the team on his back, and and make sure that they get to the playoffs regardless of what happens anywhere else. And he said that he's good to go, that sitting out a week helped him. He's Like you said, he's probably not going to be 100%, but I even think you know, 90% Derrick Henry is still better than most running backs in the league. And like you said, I hope he is a part of a long future with the Titans. Bleacher Report did rank him their number one free agent running back this year, which I think is kind of a slam dunk anyway. But um, I I can't imagine that they would let him go. I don't see how that would sit anywhere uh, near well with the fan base after this performance that he's put up. So hopefully he comes out, puts the team on his back like he has all year, gets them to the playoffs, and then is rewarded in the offseason after his first Pro Bowl with a nice big contract. So and what I'm concerned about, only for you guys, is just how bad this passing defense has been for the most part of the year, right? Right now, the the back half for sure. We're at number 30 currently now after being at 28. Right now, the Titans are at 24. And they're also allowing 260 yards per game through the air. Uh, one of the worst secondaries in the league. And that's what a young cornerback of Dory Jackson, Michael Malcolm Butler, has been out. He's been dealing with an injury for a while now going into Sunday's game. We, we know it's going to be a factor. How much of a factor are you expecting? this secondary to be, whether it's detrimental to winning the game, to losing the game, or winning the game? Well, I think the biggest issue that the Titans run into with the – it's going to be a problem when your players get hurt, your starters get hurt. Now, Malcolm Butler's been out since I believe it was week nine. It was the Carolina Panthers game. He broke his arm late in the game. And having a physical veteran like that to match up against the best wide receivers – in the league because Malcolm Butler, like he had an excellent game against Julio Jones, limited to four catches, 52 yards. He was the guy we stuck on the DeAndre Hopkins, the Julio Jones, the Michael Thomas, because he would get physical with them at the line of scrimmage. And that's something that any wide receiver, if you can get physical with them at the line on their releases, that's going to be an issue for him. So losing him, was a big factor because Adoree Jackson has actually been very good when he was healthy this season and sticking him on the second best wide receiver. Now we're really looking at something and that's when the Titans defense was dominant early in the season. But as the injury started to pile up, you lose Malcolm Butler to a broken arm going on IR. Then Adoree Jackson has knee foot issues and he's in and out of games for the most part in the second half of the season. Hasn't played in a few weeks. 
Now what you're looking at is Logan Ryan plays in the slot at all times. Now he's a great slot corner, but he's not going to be a guy who succeeds on the outside a lot. And we saw him get beat against Michael Thomas, against DeAndre Hopkins, like a drum, quite frankly, throughout most of those games when matched up one-on-one. That's just not his game. So now you're asking people to do stuff out of position. So then you're like, okay, we got to leave Logan Ryan in the slot because he doesn't do as well outside. He's more comfortable in the slot. That's what he is an all-pro at. Now you're having LaShawn Sims, the fourth cornerback at the outside, and Ty Smith, who's been on the practice squad for a lot of the year, the fifth cornerback on the other outside. Well, then LaShawn Sims got hurt. And now you're claiming Tremaine Brock off waivers. So you have your fifth and sixth corner out there. Kareem Orr got some rotation in throughout the year, a seventh cornerback from the practice squad. And the Titans are a complex disguise defense. They like to disguise coverage, show man, go zone, bring pressures from unexpected places, corners, linebackers, safeties, outside corners, all this. You can't do those things when you have practice squad players in there and guys you claimed off waivers two weeks ago because those are complex. They require chemistry, understanding of the scheme, and comfortability with the people around you in the playbook. You don't have that, so it limits what you can do. And when you're somebody like the Titans who don't get a lot of pressure from the front four well you rely on those types of coverages and blitzes and those concepts to manufacture pressure for you well now you can't you got to play man you got to play cover two you got to play basic coverages that all of these cornerbacks know and can execute on a decent level and it just limits your playbook and then you get yourself in a position with some bad matchups the saints the texans the chiefs well now you're going to get roasted so basically the last half of the season they've been one of the worst Passing defenses in the NFL at the beginning, they were one of the best with one of the best secondaries. But Adoree Jackson is back at practice, hoping that he will be able to play in the game. And I think just having him back and letting everybody kind of slide into a more natural position will be more fruitful than just the return of one person. It'll almost be like the return of two because people are sliding back into more natural positions. So Adoree Jackson has been pretty good for most of the year, excited about his potential and having him back will be a huge boost to this team, no matter what version of the Texans we get. You know, the back half of the season, the Tennessee Titans has been one of the hottest teams in the league. Um, but but when, when you talk about the Titans' re- recent success, you, you, you only hear about Ryan Tannehill and, and, and Derrick Henry, but there's a guy I've been keeping my eye on, and that guy's A.J. Brown. Um, how big has A.J. Brown been in the resurgence of the Titans? You know, just looking over his over, just looking over his numbers, he had recorded over 100 reception yards three out of the last five games. So how big has he been, especially with this being his rookie season? I mean, a rookie wide receiver for the – so – as you guys may know, I know that you're Texans fans, but the Titans have never had a good receiver. Like we, uh, well, great receiver. Like Derek Mason was pretty good. Kevin Dyson was pretty good. I mean, Nate Washington was pretty good. We've had some decent guys. Nobody that really stands out or was a great receiver. So having somebody like A.J. Brown do this as a rookie, 48 catches, 927 yards, seven touchdowns, had a long rushing touchdown last week for an eighth total touchdown. I mean, I don't even know what my eyes are seeing half the time because it's so <laughs> unbelievable. And it's it's even more funny because this is what we expected from Corey Davis as a number mm-hmm. five pick. Like, this is what we wanted from Corey Davis. But the reality is he doesn't have the after-catch skills 
that A.J. Brown does, the speed, the quickness, the movement. He's a good route runner with strong hands and good, you know, can jump up and get balls, but he's not going to take a five yard slant to the house for 90 yards like A.J. Brown is going to. He just has a different type of swagger about him. One thing that uh, John Robinson mentioned and something that I, as a fan, had been hoping for a little more the Titans have a bunch of good guys in the locker room. I'm not saying that A.J. Brown isn't, but we needed a little bit more dogs. And it's not even about being a bad guy, it's about being a little cocky, having a little swagger, some moxie, you know what I mean? Those type of things. The Titans don't have a lot of guys that are going to get in your face and tell you, yeah, I just made that catch first down. Like, I think you need that in sports and you need that in football, especially you need like a little intimidation, a little cockiness. You need that. And the Titans didn't have enough of that. So AJ Brown, not only has given them a, a dynamic threat in the passing game that is doesn't rely on a quarterback to bomb it all the time. He can catch a five, seven, 10, 15 yard dig and then take it to the house. And the Titans offense needed that sort of explosion to be the type of offense that they've become. You see that in all the good offenses around the NFL. The Titans finally got that threat, and it's not just him on the field and his production. His attitude, his swagger, and his personality and demeanor on the field has given the Titans literally exactly what they needed from a personality standpoint as well. So he has been a blessing. I think that if he comes out and has over 100 yards and a touchdown and the Titans win this game, he's the rookie of the year. I know other guys have a good case for it, Kyler Murray, Josh Jacobs, but they all have flaws. And I think that as a rookie wide receiver in this offense and the Titans making this playoff push and how integral he has been to that push and that hot streak, He's the rookie of the year. So if he goes for 100 and a touchdown, uh, expect me to be uh, making a huge case on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans <laughs> for him being the rookie of the year. But, yeah, he's he's incredible. I, I could gush about him for 30 minutes. But, yeah, watch out for him. Tony Romo said on the broadcast this week he's already one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. People just don't know it yet. And, and I agree, he's coming. So he's only going to get better. And I 100% agree with you because when we played against you guys, um, I think it was like two weeks ago, he lit us up for 114 yards only mm -hmm. off of eight catches. Ooh. And did this guy, uh, I agree with you, he should be the offensive rookie of the year yes. in the NFL this season. And depending on who we're going to have on the field or who we might not have on the field, I'm pretty sure he's going to just duplicate his performance that he did two weeks ago on the Houston Texans. I expect so. Uh, he's getting to the point. I know that there are some real good cornerbacks like a Marshawn Lattimore last week, probably Stephon Gilmore from New England, Tredavious White. There are some really good cornerbacks who him as a rookie, they're, they're able to take him out of his game a little bit through film study and just learning what he's good at right now. But he's starting to put more and more together into his tool bag. And I think that you know within like a year or two, uh, you're going to have to, as a division opponent, draft a cornerback specifically to deal with him because of how talented he is. So really excited for his potential going forward. And the best thing about it is Ryan Tannehill is the QB that was able to unlock all uh, of Yep, this they QB. have chemistry, man. They get it together. And if I'm the Titans organization, no matter what, you definitely have to bring him back because if he's this dynamic in a sample size, no real mm -hmm. offseason with Tannehill, right. imagine what he could do in an offseason, getting chemistry, getting those extra catches out after practice mm -hmm. an entire year. This Tennessee Titan team could have been totally different, could be where we are, and maybe even uh, better. If I know, that's Tannehill. the unanswered question of the season. But Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and A.J. Brown together is a trio that they have to keep together. This they is the best offense the Titans have had in literally like, I mean, 10, 15, 20 years. I, 
they haven't had an offense like this in as long as I could remember. Maybe numbers-wise they have, but how it feels to watch this team on a week-to-week basis, it hasn't been like this since since I can remember the, the Steve McNair teams. Yeah, and you, I'm glad you brought up the Titans have always had a nice receiver. He's good. He's okay. Yeah, he'll give you maybe one yeah. whole year nice. because of yeah. the era we're playing in. But they've always been based right. on running the ball, running mm-hmm. the ball, running the ball. Yes. In defense. For Seeing 20 years. Now is really, really special. Yep. I have a question before we get out of here. Who is going to be the most important Titan come Sunday? Is it Mike Vrabel, the head coach? Or will it be Ryan Tannehill? It it might be Bill O'Brien, the Texans head coach, whether or not he plays his starters or not. But if um if the Texans kind of go with the route of resting some guys as I expect them to do, I don't want to get too complicated here. Derrick Henry's back in the lineup. Feed the man. It it doesn't matter what his hamstring injury is. If we don't win this game, everybody's going home and everybody's resting for as long as they need. So <laughs> give that man the ball 20, 25 times, whatever it takes. Tell the offensive line, if you don't block, you're walking home. Derrick Henry has to dominate this game. 100, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Don't get cute. Don't try to do crazy stuff in the red zone, like throw slants to the third string tight end. Not saying that I hated that play call, but just run the ball. Just run the dang ball. That's that's all it comes down to. I'm not getting too complicated, as I mentioned in my game preview at the beginning of my show. Just run the ball, Titans. Stop the Texans from running the ball because I don't think they'll be playing all their starters all game. So if you stop the run, you'll be all right. But that's the number one thing. I, I try to go with a little more, you know, insightful uh, X factors and things like that. But this game is simple. You got to rely on the beast who you rested for a week. That's why you rested him, right? So yeah. that he could take you to the playoffs and you could ride him in when it matters the most. He's he's the beast. His first Pro Bowl, his best season to date. He's the king. So crown him. Score predictions for Sunday's game. Uh, I am going to say 28 to 13 Titans. Ooh. But not because the Texans are bad. I think if you guys played your starters, it you know we might lose again. But I think the starters only play a quarter, probably none. Honestly, I think it'll be none. Deshaun Watson said he doesn't know if he's going to play or not. And I'm sorry. If he was playing, he would know that he was playing. I don't know if he's just playing some mental game. But, yeah, 28-13, <laughs> the Titans beat the Texans JV team. I'm going to go 17-10, Tennessee gets in. Okay. And um, I don't. I truly don't believe that the Texans starters will be playing. Probably all of them will not be playing, but I'm going to go with 21-10, to 10. Titans get in. And I, I want to see you guys in the playoffs. So I'm going to say that crazy scenario, that long crazy scenario is going to happen. Yeah, that's what I've been preaching all week. I mean, I know that there are people who don't who want their team in or but if you're not a fan of the Raiders or the Steelers, how in the world could you want either of those teams in over the Titans just from an NFL viewing standpoint? Like it it really doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> I appreciate that you guys are keeping it real like that. Like, hey, nobody wants to watch those teams in. So nobody. Listen, Oakland is not going to be in Oakland next year. And this isn't the NBA where you get a farewell tour. No, you should have stayed your ass in Oakland. You chose <laughs> to go to Vegas. Nobody cares you're not going to get in. For yep. the Steelers, let's be honest, as great of a job, Tomlin. And this may be, if not, his best coaching season of all time. 
If they would have made the playoffs, he would have won coach of the year, I think. Yes, I think so. And I hate that, you know, how how the season's going to end up with him. But you've won games with Mason Rudolph, who's terrible. Doug Hodges, who's terrible. Who? Uh, Doug Doug Devlin? What is his name? It's Devlin Hodges, but yeah, Duck Hodges, I think it's probably going (laughs) to stick with him. But they're both career backups. Neither of those guys are going to be any good or anything like that. They're not going to be anything to write home about, so. And you've won games with him, and I get it. And Juju Smith, who went from a, a spectacular year, now he's like a third-string receiver. Nobody wants, wants to string. see the Steelers in the playoffs. Nobody yeah. wants to see the Raiders in the playoffs. I think for the That's NFL right. standpoint, for, for viewings, for ratings, and just for some good football, the yep. Titans are the way to go. Yep, I agree. Well, guys, that was a great episode, man. We took it to the wire. Uh, I I really like talking to you guys. Glad we're in the same division and we can do this twice a year. Hopefully, maybe there's a chance we talk again in the playoffs, whether the Titans win or lose. Hopefully, we both advance and maybe can see each other again. But either way, hopefully, we're both in and it's been a pretty fun season. So I've appreciated talking to you guys. Look forward to next year as well. Same here, man. Yes, sir. Thanks, Tyler. The Tennessee Titans are really going to be a problem in the near future, John, especially if they could keep Derrick Henry. Yeah, right now they are in a position where you have A.J. Brown on that young rookie deal. The only two big contracts, and not even just big, because Ryan Tannehill is not going to get Tier 1 QB money. But he'll get Tier 2 on his second team, you know, where he was drafted and where he is now, he'll get in between $23 to $26 million per year, which could save the Titans maybe about 5 to $8 million. The, the cap goes up. So if he stays in that number while the money goes up, they'll still save money. And then the, however they work out Derrick Henry, because after what Ezekiel Elliott did with his contract, but now compared to, and this is just on the behalf of Jason Garrett being a terrible coach, the amount of carries he's getting, that may affect how Derrick Henry gets his money. But, yeah, you're right. Listen, the, I'm looking at this team the way the Colts may have looked at the Texans. While they're building up in this area, they're really good in this area. They're really good in this area. All they need was a what? QB. Now we have ours, and now that they're really good at running the ball with Derrick Henry. They're really good at, on defense for the for the – Titans the last couple years under Mariota. All they really needed was a quarterback, and now they got it in Tannehill. Now, flip side, before we get out of here today, you guys have heard the news. The Texans have announced that J.J. Watt has now been put on injury reserve, but they have a designated time to return. He has a 21-day window to add him to the active roster. Watt has been out since his pictorial injury, since the Oakland Raider game. He's missed eight weeks. He's returning back to practice after missing eight weeks. That injury was supposed to keep him out between uh, three to four months. He's back a little bit earlier. J.J. Watt said a couple days after the surgery, he just felt really good. And so he started to ask questions. And this medical staff here in Houston is nothing like the medical staff in Philly that was a shot at Philly's medical staff and how they are so – Philly has been having issues with their player safety. But Houston, we've never heard anything about that. So they were really cautious with him. However, it just seems like things were progressing in a positive way. 
And then J.J. Watt came out and said, I'll be at practice this week and work my way back. Obviously, next week, he's going to continue to practice and get ready for a playoff game. I'll start today working my way back into practice, not going crazy with it, easing my way back in throughout the rest of the week, and then obviously next week, practice leading up to the first playoff game. Okay, J.J. Watt, he's going to be designated to come back. I know a lot of people are excited about that. <laughs> and I understand you're back out there with your leader, the, the face of the franchise, Mr. $32 million raise man. I understand it. Before J.J. went out, and it was at one point not too long ago, he was still second in QB hits and knockdowns. But before he went out, he had four sacks, 12 QB knockdowns, seven hurries, 25 pressures, 21 QB hits, and only four missed tackles. Does Watt give this team a different edge? I think he does. But what I've been saying the entire time is he doesn't put them over the edge. This Houston Texan team has struggled a lot. And once Merciless tailed off, now remember, Watt got hurt in week eight. Merciless started out the first four to five weeks pretty hot. But in between that time, the Texans have had issues consistently getting after the quarterback, which is really why the secondary has been getting exploited so bad because guys have been having too much time back there. And we've been having to find a different guy. Thankfully, Jacob Martin, who got some more playing time in the last four weeks while he was playing, he had three and a half sacks. Scarlett to show up a couple games. Last week, Whitney Merciless, he had two sacks. So just seeing those other guys get involved is great. Yes, J.J. may be able to come back and be on the field, but he hasn't played football in two months, Cody. By the time they play their game, it'll be almost two and a half months since we've seen Watt. Do you think he's going to command a double team? Do you think that he's going to be in game shape to go up against another team? Because he's just now getting back to practice. And he's only practicing against his teammates. And his teammates don't want to see him get hurt. Come playoff time, nobody on the other side of the field cares. That's my concern. He won't be playoff game ready. And the risk versus the reward is a little bit too high for me. I think the Texans really need to evaluate and think, if, especially considering who the matchup may be. So Sunday is still a big game depending on who they play for the playoffs. But if he's not going to be the, the guy to put you over the edge, then you have to stick with Martin. You have to bank on Scarlett. Whitney Merciless is still in his contract year. The rookie, Charles Omihu, he has to play better. Everybody's going to have to step up because the last thing you want to do is risk J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt does not improve the Houston Texans' ability to not only win the Super Bowl, but at least go to the Super Bowl. But having him out on the field does help a lot. Let's say if the Houston Texans without J.J. Watt, let's say they had a 4 out of 10 chance of making a Super Bowl. With J.J. Watt, you could say that improves to 6 out of 10. It's, it's not much, but having him on the field does make a difference, especially in that front seven, because at the end of the day, let's say if J.J. Watt comes back at 50 to 
50 and 75% of J.J. Watt is still better than not having Watt on that field at all. To understand how much of a factor J.J. Watt is to that front seven, just take a look at the numbers. The first eight games of the season where J.J. Watt played, and he was by far one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League, even when you take a look at the Texans' ability to stop the run game, those first eight games, they only gave up a total of 85 yards per game. That was with J.J. Watt. Without J.J. Watt, they gave up 144 yards per game. That is a big difference on the spectrum. They went from one of, I'm not going to say one of the best because it was never really like one of the best front sevens in the National Football League, but it was at least a respectable front seven. Without J.J. Watt, they got their behinds handed to them. The fact that they gave up 256 rushing yards to the Baltimore Ravens, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They gave up 106 yards. The team that we face against on Sunday, the Tennessee Titans, they gave up 163 yards in these seven games without Mr. Watt. They gave up over 100 rushing yards five out of the seven games. With J.J. Watt in the lineup, they only gave up two. The most that they gave up with J.J. was against the New Orleans Saints on opening night. That was 148. And that makes sense because you're playing against one of the top running backs in Alvin Kamara. So, I mean, and I guess we can look at it both ways. And by the way, Bernardrick McKinney is set to come back Sunday after going through concussion protocol. I think that's going to be big for the Houston Texans defense. He can get out there. McKinney can fly. He has his flaws, but I would rather him back in the lineup than him without it, especially getting ready, going into the playoffs. I don't think he should play the entire game, but he should get some burn. Back to J.J., we can always go back and forth. But what he does for this team when he's on the field compared to how bad they've been without him. And I get it. But he got hurt in week eight. If he would have came back in week 13, oh, no brainer. Week 14, oh, no brainer. But the very next time you're playing is going to be in the playoff game, two and a half months after you got hurt, when your injury was expected to keep you out between three to four months. There's always pros. There's always cons. I get that. But in this case, I don't think he will put them over the top for what the Texans have their eyes set on, and that's the Super Bowl. Forget just making it out of the first round, and that'll be a plus. But when you bring him back, you must feel like he can do something for us that can get us to that chip. I'm John, some sports guy, Hickman. Follow me on Twitter, at some sports guy with two Ys. When you follow me, interact, talk trash. We can go back and forth about Skylar White on Breaking Bad because I still think she's the worst TV wife I've seen. You know what? She's still starting to come around. Now she's going to spend time with him. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that now. I'm on season three, and I'm having so much fun. But I can't do this show, this fun show that I'm thankful to do with you guys. For you listen, without my boy. Cody Davis, and that's Cody with a T, not a D. Please follow me on Twitter at Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-A-S underscore 24. Word from the wise. If you're going to sell drugs to save yourself from cancer, make sure your wife is okay with it and that she's not a completely nagging, unstable creature. Shout out to Debbie, the Texans. She's always on Twitter, huge Texan fan. She's a fun follow. Shout out to her. I really do. Love her on Twitter. Not in real life. I mean, I really don't know her, but I hope she's having a great holiday. You guys, thank you. Peace.
Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 